You're listening to the weekly partial podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Israel 5783, 2023. This week's parsha is Parsha's Shoftim, and the parsha begins, Shoftim is Shoftim Titin L'chabachol Sha'arecha. You shall place for yourselves in all of your gates, Shoftim, policemen, Shoftim, I'm sorry, Shoftim are judges, Shoftim are policemen, that Hashem is giving you for your tribes, and there's an obligation for them, and we'll see for ourselves that it has to do with us as well. There's an obligation for them to give a proper judgment. Certainly an appropriate topic today for the land of Israel. Don't bend don't bend the judgment. Don't show favoritism. Don't take bribes. For the bribes, can person needs to know that they have an agia, they have a bias. They are biased towards those who give them money. It will cause the wise to become blind, and it will take away the words of the wise, the words of the righteous. Tzedek, tzedek, tirdoif. Chase after justice. In order that you, through chasing after and seeking justice, this is how you will live and you will inherit the land of Israel that Hashem, your God, is giving you. So, it's an important thing. The Pasuk is telling us, the verse is saying, that if you want to succeed in the land of Israel, if you want to be Yeresh, to inherit the land of Israel, there's a prerequisite, and we'll see that not only is it true for the land of Israel, it's also true of the Beis Hamikdash. In order to have a Beis Hamikdash, the thing that comes first, in order to have our temple, is that there needs to be justice. There needs to be proper judges. There needs to be proper judgment. Now, what does that look like? So, let's read this Medrash together, and we'll see some amazing things. Zesh Amar this idea of justice, this idea of having proper judges, this idea that we inherit the land when we have those proper judges, is something that we find in a Pasuk in Mishle, in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 3, written by none other than Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon. And I'll, and I'll point out also here, before we begin, or as we begin, that we're standing right here today is the first day of Elul, it's Rosh Chodesh, which means that there are four weeks Friday night in four weeks we'll be celebrating Rosh Hashanah, we'll be walking into Yom Hadin, and it's a time of justice. And what is justice? Justice is about honesty. It's about being honest with ourselves, where we're up to. What does our service of Hashem look like? And it's so important, Elul is when the Svartim begins saying slichas, they start saying the slichot, to recognize the mistakes that we've made throughout the year, and what we can do to improve. How can we improve in our relationship with God? How can we improve with our in our relationship with those around us? How can we improve with our relationship with ourselves? But it all comes down to justice and truth, because it's all about honesty. Let's see this together. I say Very interesting. You know, we say every single day, we pray every day that we want there to be a Beis Hamikdash. We want God to rebuild His holy temple. We want 
Sheibon means that it should be built. Perhaps we're the ones who are obligated to build it. Discussion for another time. But we want the base Hamikdash to be built. But the Medjur says something that teaches us that before that, and, and it's really hinted to in the Shemoneser itself, because before Yerushalayim Ircho, a few brachas before, we say Hashiva Shefteno Kivarishana, Melech Ahev Tzedakah Mishpat, that before we can get Jerusalem, before we can have Beis Hamikdash, before we can have the Jewish people in its proper state, there has to be something first, and that is that we need proper judgment. We need tzedek and mishpat. We need righteousness and we need justice. And that's this pasuk in Proverbs chapter twenty-one, verse three: Do charity, or tzedek can mean justice. Make sure you are bringing justice into the world. Make sure you are following that which is right, because this is more special to God. It's nivchar l'ashem mizevach. That it's more special and it's more important to Hashem than korbonis and bringing sacrifices. And sacrifices are fundamental to Yiddishkeit. We don't even realize what we're missing. Like imagine if we didn't have tefillin. You know, we can understand, we can relate. If we didn't have tefillin, we would be missing something central to our service of God. Well, korbonis, the sacrifices, are also central to our relationship with Hashem. They bring about atonement. They bring about a connection. There's a spiritual connection. But that's but that's not as great or as important as the Medrash as tzedakah umishpat, as making sure that there is righteousness, there there's that we're following that which is correct in God's eyes. Ketzad, how is this? What does it mean exactly? Right? It doesn't say it's it's equal to Karbanis. It says it's greater than the sacrifices. Korbanis could only be brought in the Beis Hamikdash, in the temple, or really in the on the altar, which is in front of the temple, in front of the Kodesh, the, the Kodesh area. Right, we know that the main court, the main best and the highest court of the Jewish people. They presided in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount, on Harabais. But when there was no Beis Hamikdash, we still have courts. We still have Batei Din. We still have those who represent the will of Hashem through the Torah, through those who are trying to understand the will of Hashem, how it applies to us today. So it's something that still applies, even when there's no Beis Hamikdash, even when there's no temple, even when we don't have access per se to an altar on Harabais on the, on the Temple Mount. So we see, just in the very essence of it, the fact that it's it still exists today. It's something which is ever present, right? We can have Yiddishkeit without korbanos, without the sacrifices, although it is essential, but. We can have Yiddishkeit without that, but we can't have Yiddishkeit. We can't have Judaism without laws and those who will make sure that the laws are kept. Another place that we see that Korbanus sacrifices are important, but they're not quite as profound as Tzedakah and Mishpat, is that we find that Korbanus are they're able to to atone for a person 
if they've sinned unintentionally. But through tzedakah and din, we can get a kapar, we can get an atonement through proper judgment, and also, the Marzu explains tzedakah doesn't just refer to, to justice, it also refers to giving, giving charity. Even if a person has done something intentionally wrong, they've done a sin, the example the Marzu gives is if a person, let's say, stole something, and he returns the thing with that which, that, that he's stolen. And he brings a carbon for having done that sin. And then he, you know, what's the, what's the completion of his tshuva? He, cause he did it intentionally, he did a terrible thing. He stole something. He knew it was wrong. If he gives tzedakah, if he gives charity afterwards, that completes his repentance. That absolutely removes the intentional sin. What's the pshat? I was thinking about what's the understanding of that? It's, pr- it's pretty straightforward. When a person steals, it shows that they're selfish and they don't recognize that everything that they have is from God. When a person gives tzedakah, when they give charity, it shows that they understand that everything is from Hashem. Even the money that I have, I'm going to share it with others. It's the exact inverse of stealing is tzedakah, giving charity. So, that's another way that we see that tzedakah has a greater power than a sacrifice. A sacrifice can only help you if you've done it unintentionally, if you sin unintentionally. But here, tzedakah, dinim, they have the ability to, to bring an atonement even if one has done an intentional sin, which is much graver. We find that there's a concept of, of tzedakah and dinim while carbonus can help a person, sacrifice can help a person in this world, while they're alive, or they apply to the human being in this world. But what about the upper worlds? What about the, the, those who have passed on from this life? So there's something called Sedek and Din that applies to them in the, in the world to come as well. Right? There is judgment. They receive that which, that which they deserve. But, even more than that, I can do something today that will help them. I can't bring a, a sacrifice to atone for them, but if, let's say, a person brings, uh, a person gives charity, or let's say the person knows that his father owed money to somebody before he died, and he died, he didn't pay them back. So the child can make sure that justice is served, that the money is returned, and thereby create a merit for the parent. Give charity, if a, if a person leaves behind a child who's a righteous individual, gives charity, who, who does chesed, kindness to others, that's an incredible merit, even for those who are no longer here. So you see that tzedakah and dinim have a power to help those who are not alive, even sacrifices only help those who are here. Similar idea that the way that the Yitzhak says it is that carbon is only something that we do in this world, but in Olam Haba, there's still din. The, the amount of reward that we get, the relationship that we have with Hashem is given to us based on righteousness, based on pure judgment. So it's something that still applies. I'm sorry, okay, that was it. 
Now, Shmuel Bar Nachmani shares with us something which to me is central. I always like stories. I'm sure you do too. And Roshmuel Bar Nachmani tells us about something that happened with King David. David HaMelech, we know, King David spent his whole life, he wished that he could build the base of Migdash to build the temple. He didn't. He laid the foundation of the temple. King Solomon, Shlom HaMelech, was the one who actually built the base of Mikdash, built the holy temple. David HaMelech was not able to do it. Hashem said to Nasan Anavi, Hashem said, Go and tell King David, my servant, This is in in First Chronicles chapter 17, verse 4 and 5. He said, Go tell David that you will not be the one who will build the Beis HaMikdash Hashem said to David, Until now I've been going in an impermanent dwelling place. I never had a house, God says to King David, and you're not going to be the one who's going to build it. It's going to be your son. And that's it almost sounds like Hashem is saying, That's okay. I've been I've I've been okay with being in an impermanent dwelling place for the last 480 years. Right? It was 480 years from the time the Jewish people left Mitzrayim until the Beis HaMikdash was built. So, everybody knew this. Everybody knew that David HaMelech was not going to be the one to build the Beis HaMikdash, but everybody was waiting for a Beis HaMikdash. Says the Medrash, Komisha Yimavakish Lekalas David, Ma'ayo if let's say somebody, as was the case in those times, there were people who were dissatisfied with King David. Now, if they wanted to give him a curse, interestingly, they wanted to speak negatively of him, they would say, They would say, Let the base of English be built already. So in so saying, there was an implication that they wished that David would move on from this world to the next. Now, Interestingly, what is what is David's response? What is David Amalek's response to this type of statement by his enemies? I was happy when I heard people saying we want to go to the base of English, even though the implication was that they wished that David would pass on. David Amalek did not didn't it didn't bother him that they said it because David Amalek saw King David wished that the base of English would be built. He just cared for the honor of Hashem. His own honor didn't matter to him. The fact that people were speaking negatively, but they were talking about base Amigdash, it became a topic. It became a topic. Let the base Amigdash be built already. That's how they spoke. David Amalek, his whole being, his whole essence was let there let there be a base Amigdash, let there be an honor for Hashem in the world. So even though there was a negative connotation for his own life and a, and a curse to him. He said, I was joyful when I heard people saying, when I heard that that's what people are talking about. That's how people are even expressing a negative sentiment, but they're talking about Beis HaMikdash. Unbelievable. David HaMelech was, was joyous. So now, Hashem responds to David HaMelech. Listen to this beautiful uh, conversation between God and King David. 
David says, I care nothing of my life. I care only for your honor, Hashem. It's almost like he said, Alavai, that he should pass away so that the base of English should be built. But Hashem says to him, No. Hashem says to him, By your life, He said, I promise you, you will not live one day less. says, How do we know this? It says in the Pasuk, When your days are filled, you will live a full life and then you will pass on from the world, Hashem told King David. You will have a child, his name will be Shlomo Melech, King Solomon, and I will, I will prepare and I will cause his mamlach, his, his kingdom, to be ready to last forever. What is Hashem saying here? Why? Well, maybe he should die so that the next we can get to the next stage already. Why is Hashem saying to him, "No, you won't miss one day of your life"? What is the message for us? What is the message to King David? Hashem says to David Hamelach, "You think that Beis Hamikdash is, you know, it is perhaps the most important statement." The revelation of Hashem in the world, that's incredible. It's so high, it's so awesome. Shechina, the Divine Presence, palpable. You can touch it, you can feel it in the Beis HaMikdash. But Hashem says to him, you know what? There's something that you have that's, dare I say it, even greater. That's what the Medrash is saying. Even greater. And that is the very existence of Adav and HaMelech every single day. What was he doing? He was involved in tzedakah and dinim. He was doing kindness. He was giving charity while he was involved in mishpat, while he was involved in judging people. We're going to see what that means. The Pasuk tells us that King David, what was he involved in? He was involved in mishpat, judgment, tzedakah, justice, or charity. What is this judgment? And charity or justice that he was doing for his nation. So there's a machlekes. Naturally, there's an argument between two holy rabbis, holy sages. One says that he would he would judge people. Two people would come to him with a question, and he would answer their question. Okay, he would respond to them, and he would judge between them who was correct. So he would find the innocent person innocent, and he would find the person who owed the money to be obligated to pay. Let's say the person who was obligated to pay didn't have the money, didn't have the ability to pay. We have a judgment, and we have a charity. He would, he would judge them and say, this is who owes the money. The person didn't have the money, King David himself would give the money out of his own pocket to pay on behalf of the person who owed the money. Have a stuck on amazing thing. So David HaMelech was making sure that people were judged properly, and not only that, he was involved in charity at the same moment. Rav Nachman says, it can't be that he was doing that, because 
everyone's going to hear about this. Everyone's going to say, hey, why don't we get some money? Let's go to King David. I'll claim that you owe me money. You'll say you don't. And then David will, will give the money. We'll split the money. Right, so Rav Nachman doesn't like this pshat. We'll see what, according to the other sheet, according to Rabbi Yehuda, well, what did David, David HaMelech do to prevent this issue? But so Rav Nachman says, Umao mishpar utztaka hayadonis hadin mezakis hazag mechai v'sachayv v'mishpar utztaka. So Rabbi Huda says it's just it's more simple. He would be involved in making sure that the money went to the correct party. And how is that tzedakah? How is that charity? There was a joy. When you went to David HaMelech, when you went to King David, the guy who lost the court case didn't walk out angry at David HaMelech, didn't walk out, heaven forbid, cursing King David. David HaMelech the, the way that he approached things was so beautiful, was so inspiring, was so straight and honest that the person came out excited that he shouldn't have money. I don't want someone else's money. I want to make sure I give the money to the person who it belongs to. That's what would happen. Now, this brings us back to our Parsha. Hashem is saying to us, look, this is how important mishpat and tzedakah are. Charity, justice, keeping to the truth. It comes before Beis HaMikdash. It comes before the Temple. Look, the Temple is about my honor, as it were, says God. But that things should be correct, between one person and another, that's even more important to me. That's what this Medrash is teaching us. And I want to mention that according to the understanding that David HaMelech himself would give the money if the person didn't have the money. So the Marzu says that he would actually pray, he would daven, that no one should take advantage of his kindness. Which is very interesting. He would be mispal. <laughs> Think about it. This requires good midas. This requires having good character traits. In order for people not to take advantage of David HaMelech, of his kindness, it meant that people would have to be honest. But that was the foundation here. The foundation was David was saying, what's the truth? What's honest? What's fair? What's right? Kindelach. My children, my subjects. This is the most important thing. It comes before the Beis HaMikdash. And David has to live out his whole full life because he has to continue to judge the Jewish people properly and tell them what's right. And what's wrong? That comes before Beis Hamikdash. You know, we're waiting, we're davening, we're praying. Beis Hamikdash. What well, you know? That's it. V'yushalam yircha beracham in toshuv. Es tzemach David Avdachem here satzmiach. Give us the Mashiach, the great great grandchild of David Hamelach. But first, as we mentioned before, first we say Hashiva Shavtena Kavirishana. We need. True, proper judgment. True, Torah Based on the Torah's Hashkava, based on God's ultimate understanding, not human understanding of what's right and wrong. We need that first. We need to have what's truly right. We need things to be right between us. Before we have a Beis HaMikdash, before we get Eretz Yisrael, says the Pasuk, before we are Yerish, before we inherit the land, 
We need people who will keep us on the straight and narrow. People who will make sure that our benam l'machaveri, how we behave between ourselves and others, is correct. And this is a hard one, folks. This is a hard one. But we all know, if we look inside of ourselves, where we've done wrong in our relationships with our spouses, with our siblings, with our parents, with our children, with our friends, with our communities. We all know. This is, this is how we have to go into Rosh Hashanah. This is how we have to start thinking at the beginning of El. We need to think about where, where are the mistakes that we've made? How can we correct those mistakes? Sukkot is an incredible joy. All the joy that was happening in the base of Migdash in the temple, Simchas Beis Shoeva, that's in six weeks. It's walking into the presence of Hashem inside of the Sukkah. You know, we're under the wings of the Shekhinah, but in order to get to the wings of the Shekhinah, the Pasuk is telling us we need to work on our relationships with others. We need to work on our honesty. We need to work on making sure that things are right between ourselves and those around us. I want to bless you, and I ask you to bless me, Hashem should help us, that we should be able to find the tzedakah, find the charity inside of ourselves. You know, naturally, we want, to, we want it to be our way, we want to be right. It's more important to be right than it is to be happy. Hashem should help us to find the charity, the, the ability to admit the truth, or even to go to and that's what tzedakah is. Tzedakah is charity, it means I'm giving something of myself even though the other person doesn't really deserve it. I was wronged, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the one to apologize first, or I'm gonna be the one to apologize. Period, even if the other person hasn't. Shem should help us to have the spiritual fortitude to be able to have charity, honesty, and be right in our ways with others. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.